Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hello, hello. It is so great to be back with you this week. Don't you feel like the weeks fly by sometimes? We release podcasts every Monday, and I just have to say, it's like a well-oiled machine. We do recordings, we have guests, we do editing, and then before you know it, it's Monday again and a new episode releases. If you're ever interested in following survivingbreastcancer.org or Breast Cancer Conversations, you can follow us on Instagram, and I'll put our handles in the show notes below. It's really just uh, survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, as well as Breast Cancer Conversations, again, all one word on Instagram. So you can follow us there so you never miss out on the conversations or happenings that we're posting each day so you don't have to wait a full week for the next upcoming episode. We can connect on social media as well. We also just started a book club, a breast cancer book club, and we meet monthly. This month, we are reading a book called, oh no, what is it called? It's upstairs on my bedside table, A Very Beautiful Thing. I think that's the name of it, by Ashe Cooper. It's actually a page turner. It's so good. It takes place on the west side of Chicago. It features a the first, I want to say the first all-black rowing team, um, and it's just I don't know. It's it's a great way to get your mind off of breast cancer. It's a great escape, especially with everything going on in the world these days. I just feel like diving into a book that has nothing to do with health or wellness or news can just be really therapeutic. So if you're interested in finding out more, again, hop on over to our website, survivingbreastcancer.org. We have a bunch of programs, events, happenings, just so much going on these days. So that's my quick shout out to everything we have happening, Um, new programs with our book club. We have upcoming webinars taking place, plus our signature Thursday night Thrivers meetup, where we meet up online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. All are welcome. Okay, but let's talk about who we have as a guest today. I am so excited to introduce you to Rhea. You can follow her also on Instagram, and her handle is thrive.rhea. She is originally from California, currently living in the Seattle, Washington area, and we have a great conversation lined up for you today. Rhea shares her story about neoadjuvant chemotherapy. So this is the chemotherapy that people have before going into their surgery. And so she had chemotherapy first, ended up going into surgery for a single mastectomy direct to implant, but there was an infection. She ended up changing course. I feel like, you know, we... We have these plans, we go under anesthesia, we have a what we think is going to be a direct uh, mastectomy to implant, but what we don't anticipate, even though we hear the laundry list of risks associated with surgery, we never think that infections will happen to us. Today we have Rhea to share about her journey with her single mastectomy, what happened after her infection, the grieving process, how we grieve with the loss of a breast, and ultimately how, at the end of the day, we just want to be alive and thrive. Welcome to the conversation. So nice to have you on Breast Cancer Conversations. I'm so glad we were able to get the date and time to work out for you to join us on the podcast and share your story with our listeners. 
you are not new to survivingbreastcancer.org. You already shared your story with us on the blog, on our website. You've been an avid follower and contributor on all social media outlets. So it's such an honor to have you, Ria, on the podcast today. So thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me here. I thought we would just get started. I keep my podcast pretty conversational. We talk about all things breast cancer and really giving you an opportunity to share your story and let listeners know that they are not alone in their breast cancer journey, that they can relate to maybe not all facets of what you went through, but maybe pick and choose. Like maybe they're a mom, maybe they're young when they got diagnosed, maybe they have a family history, maybe they don't, et cetera. So we really try and extrapolate the the characteristics that we go through and humanize a disease that has really taken the lives of way too many. So really it's just about building the community, sharing our stories, getting the voices out there, and then turning that into advocacy and action. I always thought, okay, if if it was breast cancer, I would feel a lump. Right. Or kind of, you know, like the discharge of the nipple or all those other symptoms. And I didn't have any of that. So when you went in, were you just thinking like, okay, a routine, like I'll be back at work, I'll be back home picking up the kids, like no big deal? Yes. And then I got the phone call the next morning. I remember it was around nine o'clock and I was at the gym and I get a phone call asking for more images. And you know, right off the back, you're just like, what? Wait, what? You know, for me, I'm kind of that worry wart and I'm just like, what is going on? I want to know. So, you know, I kind of like started using Dr. Google and kind of, you know. The worst doctor out there. Oh my God. You know, but I mean, fast forward to finally when I had those images um, done, ultrasound and then a biopsy. And then 10 days later, um, which is, I remember it was after Thanksgiving, um, I came in the office and the nurse, it's the oncologist nurse, actually. And how I knew it was bad news is because she's like, are you sure you want your kids here? And I was like, oh, my God. So they pulled the kids off with a nurse so they wouldn't hear it so they wouldn't be in the same room as me okay so me and my husband looked at each other we knew so that's when the news came out and that they found pretty much a biopsy they did two biopsies um so it was two tumors suspicious calcification one was er positive and one was not so and one was um i guess more of a fast growing cancer than the other. Were they both in the same breast? Yes, it was on the right. Yeah. So basically, they weren't quite sure. They said that the tumor, I don't remember how big it was, but it was calcifications to where they couldn't figure out if all the little calcifications had cancer and which Um. didn't. So I met with um, the breast surgeon, the oncologist, the radiologist doctor, and the genetics Yes. Um, It was very overwhelming. Did your husband come with you for all these appointments? For that, yes. Yeah. You know, because I feel like you need the other set of ears. Absolutely. Your your head is like overwhelmed. They would do six rounds of chemo. So Herceptin for the whole year, Carboplatin, Taxol, and Progetta. Then a mastectomy, and then they plan to do radiation. So you had your chemotherapy before surgery. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I did as well. And it's interesting having these conversations with women to, you know, everyone's kind of prognosis and protocols are a little bit different. So some people have their chemotherapy before surgery in hopes of being able to shrink the size of the tumor or actually understand more about how your tumor is going to be responding to the chemotherapies. And then some women I talk to also have the surgery first and then immediately go into having the chemotherapy depending on the the outcome of that surgery. So you ended up having a mastectomy. Was it a single or a double? It was a single. I was actually torn whether or not I wanted to do bilateral. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I did my research and then I, I asked my oncologist and my breast surgeon um, if I had a bilateral um, mastectomy, would it prevent cancer being on the other breast? And both answers were no. My oncologist said, it's a very personal choice, totally up to me. My breast surgeon said, also, it's a personal choice. But if it's nothing wrong with that breast, why fix it? Or something like that, you yeah, know? Yeah. Well, that makes so, total sense, right? Like, if you have healthy tissue, yeah. why cut out the healthy tissue? Like, if we have a stomach right. ache, we don't go and, like, take out our stomach, right? Like, we deal with right. it. So I understand the resistance from the the surgeon from the surgeon side of understanding like okay if it's healthy why do we want to touch it i decided to have a single mastectomy and i also was planning to have reconstructive surgery as well so i had a plastic surgeon so the plan was basically mastectomy and then direct implant okay so that happened on june 12 2019 and then I came to find out that my my body could have rejected the implant. So I had an infection. So it had to come out. Ten days prior, um, I saw my oncologist and he gave me the news of that there was no evidence of disease found. So Wow. So the chemotherapy yeah. did really well. Yes. So I had a complete response. That's yes. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That's huge. It's like, oh, this should be easy peasy. We're going to do surgery. It's one and done. We're going to do like the surgery plus the implant altogether. So this seems like a change of course. How how are you feeling about all of this mentally? What's going through your head? It was kind of just been like, let's get it done. You know, let's do what it needs to do. Because my mindset is, let me be, let me basically do what I need to do to finish this journey of mine. But as far as like, having that halt and that bump on the road where that change of course, mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, I, I didn't know how to feel. You kind of feel numb, you know, because you're expecting this, you're trying, you're prepared for this. And then it changes and you're just like, well, shit, what now? You know, and then you think that cross your fingers that everything goes well with direct implant and stuff. And it didn't. And then now I have to decide it. Honestly, it took me a year to basically figure out what I decided to do. And it was, I will tell you, I feel like some sort of way that it was a sign. So after your, when they took out the implant because of the infection, they did not put anything back in. There was no expander or anything. So they just kind of did the surgery, sewed you back up and you're just kind of dealing and healing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
Um, and so he was like, okay, well, you'll get a call. And then COVID happened. Mm. And so that just kind of moved on to where I, it made me even think more what I really wanted to do. So about when COVID, you know how they start being having to do elective surgeries again? Yes. I get a phone call and they're like, oh, did you want to schedule your um, your surgery for, um, what do you call that again, Laura? Uh, expander. Oh, for um, expander. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. And I said, okay, when? And you know, with surgery, you're expecting like a month, three weeks. They're like, oh, next week, Thursday. I'm like, oh, prior, you have to come in and you have to basically take a COVID test. I was like, okay, you can't take anyone with you. And I'm just like, I have two kids who are not currently going to school physically. You know what I mean? And so... Having so I thought about it. Okay, so if I'm going to have surgery, if I'm going to do all these things post surgery, I can't have my husband. I can't have my kids with me. It's just me showing up by yourself to the hospital, like right. And it gave me honestly some time to really think: Do I really need that implant? Because I know, like. Every woman is different as far as whether or not they want to have reconstructive surgery. For me, it wasn't the physical kind of thing. Because, I mean, if I look at it and I look in the mirror, it's kind of just, I had my time where I grieved grieved about it, of course. And that was after the mastectomy when I couldn't honestly do nothing. You know, where you can't go anywhere. You're just confined at home. I couldn't really stay busy. So that was honestly the hardest part of the journey was after the mastectomy when I couldn't be busy, when I couldn't be at the gym, I couldn't do nothing. And I had the hardest time mentally because I was like, oh my God, you know, a couple of months before this, my father passed away from a sudden heart attack. And then I get diagnosed with breast cancer. And here I am having my mind just set and ready. Okay, let's do this. Wow. So... It was kind of just, I had to do what I had to do. And after the mastectomy, that was kind of just like my breakdown. when All my grieving started. Um, so I grieved that. Um, but as far as just like physical, yes, I grieved that. I grieved that I lost my breath. But the cancer was removed. Because for me, is you can remove that breast as long as you remove you know, as long as that cancer is removed, yes. because I want to live, I want to live to make more memories with, you know, my children, I want to grow old with my husband, that's just a physical body part, I know everyone feels different about it. But for me, looking in the mirror, it's like, if I look at it today, at the present time, I'd be like, wow, I went through some tough shit. I went oh, through yeah. hard you know absolutely yeah and so I'm like it's it's that reminder of what you went through but for me it was the annoying the annoying part is having to put like a knit knocker a prosthetic I love how we call it like the annoying part you're like cancer whatever like I crushed that shit the annoying part was (laughs) it is but I'll be honest with you Laura that if there was no infection I wouldn't be second second guessing 
whether or not I want to have reconstructive surgery. Because prior to that, my thing was, okay, mastectomy, um, direct implant. I was like, oh, okay. Da, 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 da. I didn't even think anything about infection terms. They always say it to you, but of course, in the mind, your mind, like, it won't happen to me. You know, kind of that thing. Yeah. You know, and, and then comes radiation. Boom, boom, boom. Life goes on, finish this and that. But there's always that bump. And I think having that infection made me really second guess whether or not I want to go through it again. So implant was eh on me because what if really that was the reason for my infection? Because they said it was either your body rejected the implant. It could be during surgery, some sort of something could have happened or it, it could be anything and they can't really pinpoint, you know. Um, so, and I didn't honestly deflap. I don't know. I mean, it sounds really good. Like, okay, I will tell you, my friends that did not have cancer were all like, yeah, do deflap. You get a tummy tuck, <laughs> you know, and you do this. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to be out for like eight weeks or so. Right. You know, it's a and very like, heavy surgery. Yeah. And so I'm just like, in the end, to be honest, like, I decided, you know, I talked to my husband, because you know, it's me and him. And, and I was like, what do you think? You know, do you think I should you know, have reconstructive surgery? He's like, well, it's up to you. I was like, yeah, but I want your input. And he was like, honestly, if it was, I don't really care, you don't need to have it if you don't want to, you know, I don't need you to have another breast or whatever. And then he makes like, his joke. I don't know if this is appropriate, Laura, but he was like, well, I have the other breast still. Right, like I still got one. I'm good. <laughs> you know? And, you know, if you were to ask my mom, she'd be like, no. And she said, I'm not flying back there for that surgery. So. Right. Like, know, the, really, the goal was to get rid of the cancer, right? So, yeah, like, we got rid of the cancer. The that was yeah. successful. When me and my husband are no longer here. Though he has a sister, I want him to have a bright future. Yes, you know, absolutely. So it's important. Does does you know another breast or some sort of breast because it'll never be the same. Is that more important than my child's future? No, it's right, not. right. You know, so my thing is what was important is the cancer was removed. That chemo helped remove that cancer, and that I'm in remission and. One thing is one of my um, breast sisters, they call you, you know, breast sisters, um, told me is enjoy your remission. Mm. Because behind being confirmed, oh, you're in remission. You have beat cancer. That cancer is still in back of your head. And it's tough to go through. But yeah, so I decided to stay flat on one end. Are you happy with how the the ultimate surgery is then aesthetically with the flat side? It's fine. I mean, it's not like they call it that actual closure where they make everything. It doesn't really matter to me. It just, it's, I feel like it's semi-flat, not completely flat because you still have that kind of, it's not like that there's no tissue, but just kind of that skin. So there's still a little bit of... Sure. You know, breasts, but not necessarily. To me, it's it is what it is. Yeah. You know, um, 
it doesn't really bother me. And you have such a positive mindset around all of this, like focusing on your children, focusing on your son, just moving on. Like you beat cancer, you're in remission, you are happy. Like to me too, it's the same thing. Like it took me a long time. Similar to you, I was doing the chemotherapy before my surgery. So one day it was like, I'm doing a double mastectomy, I'm getting implants. Then the next day was, I'm going flat. I don't want any more surgeries. I don't want a foreign object. Like I'm just... It changed like the wind, like it depended on the day. At the end of the day, it's like we need to feel comfortable when we look in the mirror. And whatever that takes for us to get there, if that is having an implant, if that is having reconstruction, if that is going flat, like we need to find peace with ourselves. I think you bring up some excellent points about grief and how people manage grief. Well, exercise was my big thing. So even through chemo, I was still exercising. So that was my form of therapy. When I would think about what I'm going through and how horrible the chemo side effects are, I still push through it. No matter what, I still push through it. But as far as grieving um, mentally for it, um, with the whole cancer journey, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't able to really sit there and grieve about it until after surgery when I couldn't do nothing. And that's when my whole mind kind of just, everything starts running through. Um, and I decided that, let me see, what went through my mind? It was kind of like, I can't believe, you know, this is happening. You know, kind of the thing is, why me? I feel like, gosh, you know, I have a I have a child already with autism. I just lost my father. And then I'm just like, and now I'm here with breast cancer. I thought about it. I was like, you know, but the important thing is I'm still alive. After a few months that I've spoken to you, I decided to create that cancer Instagram. I just made the group. I wanted to basically have a group of women who, you know, uplift, empower, support one another. I honestly didn't think it would be where it is right now. So I didn't even think of making a name for it. So as far as blowing up after cancer, uh, my friend Heidi was the one who thought of that name. And that's also, you know, Jill joined into that group. And it's honestly, it's like a sister. It's like a sisterhood bond. Nice. Where, you know, if one is going through something, all of a sudden you'll get all these DMs from the girls and they all kind of support you. And with this group, it's not just breast cancer, it's all cancers. You know, positivity, uplifting, sisterhood. And that's a personal mind shift, right? Because I think yeah. a lot of times, especially in the cancer world, we talk about like how many of us have lost friends because of our diagnosis? How many of us have had relationships that have changed in nature because of our diagnosis? And, you know, we we don't want to become in a situation where a friend of ours has a recurrence and we retract because we're scared. So how can we do some deep healing personally, internally, so that we can be stronger in there for our counterparts? I'm so glad for this community. I'm so glad for our conversation. I'm so glad that our paths crossed across the U.S. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm i just so grateful for, you know, the silver lining. And, you know, if you asked me like five years ago, if you thought I'd be running a nonprofit for breast cancer, that would not be my yeah. career path. Right. Um, And here I am, and I get to have incredible conversations with you, with Jill, with amazing women in our community to elevate these voices, to get the information out there, to share these stories, because 
they're tangible, they're real, and they're unique and authentic. And I just love that. So Ria, thank you so much for being on our podcast today, for sharing your details and your stories and your advice and letting our listeners know also about your community and how they can get involved. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our podcast. If you would like to find out more about our organization and upcoming events and ways to connect, you can find out more by visiting our website at survivingbreastcancer.org. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast is from personal experiences and it is not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to contact me directly at laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. And of course, we have a couple social media handles you can follow us at as well. For example, Surviving Breast Cancer Org, all one word, as well as our podcast specifically, Breast Cancer Conversations. Until next time, keep on thriving.